guys, welcome back to the Colorful Plates podcast, your weekly source for what's happening in the produce and food service world. Joining us this week is James Lafrito, Director of Marketing and part of the fifth generation running Lafrito Fresh Foods. For 128 years, they have been serving the Midwest. For 20 of those years, they have been a part of ProAct's nationwide network of distributors. Today, they have five distribution centers in Iowa, Missouri, and Wisconsin. Therefore, Lafrito is able to reach many customers in mid-America. I sat down with James and spoke with him about Lafrito's recent rebrand and how they have segued into offerings outside of fresh produce to continue to meet customers' needs. Before we get to his interview, let's start with our market reports on some other commodities. It's that time of year again, transition. The move northward from major Southern California growing regions, specifically Yuma, Arizona, has begun and typically lasts mid-March through April. Row crops such as lettuce, broccoli, cauliflower, and celery will be more susceptible to supply disruptions and quality issues. Keep this movement in mind as you continue to place orders in the coming weeks. Speaking of row crops, specifically broccoli and cauliflower, these commodities are going through a rough patch right now. Last week, rain in Yuma definitely slowed production for both. Yields continue to be low given the weather changes in the transition period. Harvest has started slowly in the Salinas Valley, but supplies can't keep up with demand right now. For now, best options are crowns and florets. However, one brassica is doing really well, and that's Brussels sprouts. Quality is great right now, making it a fantastic veg option to feature on your menu. Moving to grapes, starting with green, whose supplies are becoming lighter as we progress towards the Mexican transition in April. Expect a drop in supplies over the next week or so. For red grapes, they're in good supply on east and west coast. Quality is strong, and shippers expect a good supply for the next couple of weeks. Red grapes are definitely the best option for supply and price right now. On the pear front, Anjou and Boss varieties are the only pears available, as Bartlett's are done for the season. Boss are projected to end by the first week of April. Washington experienced a 30% drop in statewide volume versus last season on Bosque and Anjou's. Lower grade, cheaper fruit is not widely available and will be virtually non-existent by April. U.S. number one graded fruit is widely available and red Anjou's remain steady with good availability and quality. Go for the number one grade or red Anjou's. We're going to wrap up market reports with potatoes. Larger sized potatoes will be scarce over the next four to five months, particularly 40 count through 60 count in 10 ounce number two grade. But on the bright side, growers are gearing up for the new crop plantings of 2020-2021. Beginning late this month, barring any unforeseen weather, new crop Idaho potatoes will be available in early to mid-August. Till then, expect smaller sized russets to be more abundant. That does it for market reports this week. Now we'll hear from James Lafrito, who dives into Lafrito's fourth company rebrand and how they are adapting to the ever-changing world that is food service and distribution. I'm just going to start off by asking you a little bit about your role at Lafrito Fresh Foods, um, formerly Lafrito Fresh Produce, and just tell us kind of what you do um, on the daily as the director of marketing. Sounds good. Yeah. So uh Transitioned through a lot of different positions um, at Lafrito over the time that I've been here. Um, most recently, I kind of split my time between sales and marketing. And mm-hmm. recently with our rebrand, uh, just started to get more involved in marketing. Obviously, it's a big deal when you rebrand a company, especially one that's been around for so long. Um, right. And we wanted to do it right. So really taking the time um you know, to put together a plan for the rebrand and put together also not only the marketing side of it, but, you know, what it truly means. Um, so 
looking through different categories of items that we can bring on basically you know any way that we can help our customer and have as much information about how we can help them as possible so truthfully my role uh right now uh involves a lot of the branding piece but also working with customers sort of to see you know what's a fit and how can we best serve them in the future oh, yeah absolutely i think one of the biggest key pieces, especially during a moment like this for you guys, is getting that information out there. And I think you've done a really good job of that. And um, you did mention that Lafrito has been around for quite some time. In fact, over 125 years. Is that right? Yeah. So celebrating our 128th year um, mm. this year, this summer. Yeah. And so can you give us some background on Lafrito and kind of how you guys fit into this ProAct network? You guys have six distribution centers, so you're obviously doing something right in those 128 years. So yeah, give us a little more background on, on who Lafrito is for those who may not know. Most definitely. So uh, started 128 years ago, um, and actually it kind of ties into the branding piece because this is actually our fourth rebrand. So our brand has always really fit what we've done. So in 1892, mm -hmm. Um, it started with the first generation as Lafrito fruit and tobacco. So primarily grew a lot of tobacco um, and some produce and sold it at farmer's market. Um, and then in the 1920s, we transferred to Lafrito Gardens as a brand. And that was because we were truthfully growing pretty much 100% of what we were selling. And it was a mm -hmm. big garden operation. It was more of a urban farm um, located in Des Moines. Uh, but still a lot of land. Um, and then in the 1980s, uh, the fourth generation took over. And that's when it really grew from just Des Moines into all of these other locations and really became a distribution company. We switched to the brand Lafrito Fresh Produce and really began to um, ship in pretty much everything that we sold. We were no longer growing stuff. Um, and then later in the 90s is when we joined ProAct and truthfully became a part of this big distribution network of purchasing and selling. And then just between the 1990s and uh, 2000s, just grew at a rapid pace, uh, continued to open facilities. Um, we started with Des Moines and then opened Omaha, Davenport, which is the Quad Cities in Iowa and Nebraska, Kansas mm -hmm. City. Uh, Madison and then grew into processing. So at this point in time, uh, we would like to think that, you know, we are one of the top suppliers with ProAct and we cover 185,000 square miles in the Midwest and really service all major metropolitan and small cities uh, within our, our region. So you guys cover a lot of ground, which means you have to source a lot of produce. And Lafrito works with local and national farms. And tell me why it's important to source from both local and national suppliers in the current state of food service. So this is something that uh, myself and our company are truly passionate about. Um, and like you mentioned, I think it is very important in uh, where we're at in society and with uh, food service today. But we ship multiple, multiple millions of cases on a quarterly basis. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, you would like to do as much local business as possible. But uh, in order to ship those millions of cases on a quarterly basis, you need large national growers. 
And right. one thing that we try to um, discuss when we're at ProAct meetings and discuss with our customers is that just because they are a large national grower, um, these are still, you know, a lot of them family owned companies. They're still working Absolutely. with small farms and they're still mm -hmm. doing a lot of the stuff that small and local farms are doing. They have amazing stories. They have sustainability programs. They care about their workers. I mean, there's truly amazing stories behind these large growers. And simply because right. of the fact that they are pumping out so much product, sometimes that's overlooked. But it's important that we tell those stories as well. So obviously that has um, a very important role in our company, these large, larger uh, growers and operations. But um, also there, you know, there's a great fit for, for local as well. Um, you know, we do take pride in working with local farms. Uh, sometimes you truly just can't beat, you know, the taste and quality of something that was picked a day earlier. Right. Um, and it's amazing <laughs> to be able to tell the story of the local because being in the Midwest, I mean, it can be anywhere from, you know, a two to a five day trip for a lot of our product to get from the coastal regions where it's grown to the Midwest. So not only with local do you have the freshness, um, but you have the story and also you have, you know, the tie between the food service restaurants or whatever it may be uh, to their local farm. So there's definitely a place for both. And I think that it's just telling the story about both of them. I agree. Yeah, I think you definitely made a good point that just because national farms are so large and can really put that product out there doesn't mean that there isn't a story behind it of them, you know, caring for their people, caring for the place that they come from. And I know that all too well living here in the Salinas Valley. So I know exactly what you mean. And I think it's important to highlight both. You, I'm going to segue back um, to earlier. You said Lafrito is rebranded four times, and is this this is your fourth rebrand? Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Okay. So, fresh foods. What does that mean to Lafrito moving forward um, in this new iteration of your of your company? So, to me, the best way to describe it is: over the years, we've expanded our offerings far beyond produce. Um, mm -hmm. It should be, you know visible to all of our customers by this point but the name lafrito fresh produce was so limiting to us um so we're really excited to sort of announce a new brand and make it clear um that you know we're looking for ways to meet our customer needs our our mission truly at the end of the day is to inspire healthier communities um and with this broader view um, and expertise, it allows us to provide a wider array of not only fresh foods and fresh produce, but different ingredients and ways that, you know, we can help our customers grow. The intention is never for us to become a broadliner, but mm -hmm. always to remain a specialty food company and specialize in every single thing that we do. Yeah, I think that's great. And I want to kind of get more into the details of that. Other than produce, what else falls underneath that fresh food categories for you guys? So when we first kind of dipped our toes into the water, probably 10 or 15 years ago, it started with something that just made sense for us. It was dairy. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as things have transitioned over time, um, not as many dairy companies wanted to deliver directly to customers. So it was a fit for us to put dairy on our trucks and deliver. So from dairy, it sort of expanded into cheeses was a great fit, um, canned goods. And then just over the year, it's truthfully um, expanded over years. Um, 
to stuff like grains, uh, our own spice line. Um, That's neat. Yeah. And, you know, truthfully, it, it expanded from food products. Um, and then now we're into things like disposable goods, like uh, gloves and trash liners, really any way that we believe <laughs> And it's, it sounds funny, but anything that we no, can put on our truck that we believe yeah. that we can specialize in. Well, yeah, and you're differentiating yourself in, in this market, and I think that that's great. You know, you're being there for your customers and, and for their needs, and I think that's really important. I don't – I just – you know, you wouldn't expect, like, dairy, our own spice line, and gloves to be in the same sentence, but, hey, y'all are doing it, so that's great. Definitely. <laughs> so – um, going back even further, you guys have you guys kind of differentiated yourselves about 35 or so years ago when you began fresh cut vegetable processing, um, mm-hmm. which turned into produce innovations. Why is fresh cut such an important facet of food service? And tell us more about, you know, produce innovation and how that fits into Lafrito's current business model. Yeah. So first, we can kind of start off with uh, how the whole thing began and how produce innovations fits in. So. Um, it was actually my grandfather who was part of our uh, third generation, actually our only third generation owner, um, mm-hmm. you know, taking trips to different produce regions, uh, obviously before ProAct going to, you know, produce meetings and talking with other distributors, other growers in different regions. And he was in Texas and had a conversation with a gentleman who owned a produce company down in Texas and talked about how, you know, there's so much room um, in the market for places wanting to buy stuff that's already processed. So we got into right. stuff like repacking lettuces, making orange juice, all sorts of odds and ends little things where we were taking product and then altering, you know, whether it was repacking it, whether it was cutting it, whatever. And then over the years, it just expanded within one of our current facilities to the point where eventually we were going out and getting customers who we were just selling fresh cut to. And that's sort of when we realized, Hey, uh, this is big business and you know, we needed a whole separate division. So over the years, it continued to grow. And then about five years ago, uh, we decided that it was too big to just do in the back of our headquarters here in Des Moines, (laughs) Iowa. So we decided to build an entire facility. So we have a state of the art 50,000 square foot facility. That's, uh, ready to expand at any time. And uh, it, it's been a great facet of our business. And truthfully, I mean, we can kind of get into why it is so important, but I believe that it will be a big part of our future. Um, and it's amazing all the different items that we do there now. What are what are kind of some surprising items that you guys do do in there? Because when I think of Fresh Cut, or when I think most people think of Fresh Cut, they probably think of like the packs with like, the pre-cut broccoli and cauliflower and like the mixed veg and different things like that. But outside of that, what are, what are some other things you guys are kind of segueing into? Yeah. So uh, a big piece of what we do down there outside of like food service, cut fruit and veg products is grab and go items. So we service Mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of convenience store um, individual stores around the Midwest and around the country with grab and go items. So anything from, fruit cups to snack trays to protein packs um anything you could think of that's healthy that you could eat on the go is definitely a big market right now yeah i think that's great especially you know in this i mean everyone wants it fast wants it now and in our society you know grab and go is going to be super important um 
you know, it is now and it will be moving forward. So I think you guys are on the right track there. Obviously, Fresh Cut is important in food service. Um, and this podcast, you know, is is really chef driven as well. It's good for chefs to get to know their distributors and um, have that relationship. And so what advice can you give chefs when working with a distributor um, such as Lafrito? So when I uh, thought about this question, there's really two main points um, that came to mind. The first piece of advice would be, you know, to make sure that you're completely comfortable with your sales staff and your customer service rep um, and have open communication with them. We want to hear about the good. We want to hear about the bad. Um, and we truthfully, we want to make sure that we can take care of them to the best of our ability and make sure that we're providing the information that they crave and that they need. Um, our sales staff spend a lot of time working directly with the chefs. Usually that's their main point of contact. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they should never be afraid to give us feedback, um, or request information. I mean, you know, we have the ability to provide so much information and sometimes with the thousands of different SKUs, uh, that we offer and a lot of our other distributors offer. I mean, you know, you can only flood them with so much information. So having an open line of communication, I would say, is one of the key things. And then the second thing that I would say is most important is just, you know, realizing that we're working with a very, very perishable product. Um, this stuff is very vulnerable. Obviously, we take pride in our quality um, and our cold chain. But you know, at the end of the day, this product doesn't have a very long shelf life. And when we do ship, you know, a bad case, it's never intentional. And, you know, we always try and make sure uh, that we get all of our mistakes corrected. But, you know, just understanding that, you know, it is a perishable product that we're working with, um, but we're willing to, uh, you know, fix any mistakes and just always having that open line of communication. Yeah, I think that's essential. I've asked others this question and they say that, you know, it's a relationship and then it's really important that just like with a friend or a family member, like you have a good open line of communication. So I think you've hit the nail on the head. And with over 128 years, I don't think you guys have had uh, issues with your communication on that front. So I think <laughs> you guys are doing a great job and we're glad to have you be a part of the ProAct family. Um, James, is there anything else? I don't think so. I mean, I think that we hit a lot of great points. We're just uh, very excited to, you know, see where the future of this industry goes. Obviously, the world is ever changing. And, you know, that's part of why we rebranded is we feel like we have to be ever evolving. And uh, it seems that ProAct is definitely, uh, you know, going the same direction. So look forward to, to how we can help better serve our customers in the future. And, you know, any advice that we can get from you know, chefs or anything. Uh, we always love feedback. A huge thank you to James for sitting down to chat with me and to Lafrito Fresh Foods for being a partner for over 20 years with ProAct. It's good folks like them that add so much to our network and we look forward to seeing how your business continues to evolve with the customer in mind. That's all for this week. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Follow us on social media for recipe inspiration and tips and tricks. Remember to wash your hands, have a great week, and as always, stay fresh.